Hi, this is Dr. MJ coming to you from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. This is the Women in Dentistry podcast where we feature women in dentistry making waves and leading the industry through the next decade. I am your host, Dr. Mary Jane Hanlon, a former dental assistant, dental hygienist, and now dentist. I am very pleased to introduce you today to Dr. Lisa Kane. Lisa Kane received her DMD from Tufts University School of Dental Medicine and her BS from Brandeis University. She has practiced general dentistry in the greater Boston area for over 20 years. She is currently the owner of Dental Office Compliance of New England, LLC, which assists dental practices in complying with the myriad of regulations required by their state board, OSHA, and the CDC. She teaches infection control and OSHA training, creates personalized plans and protocols for dental practices, and helps them navigate the world of dental compliance. It is now my pleasure to bring you to my interview with Dr. Lisa Kane. Lisa, it's so good to reconnect with you. Lisa and I have been classmates in dental school, and I haven't really seen Lisa in that many years. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how long it's been since we graduated, but we recently reconnected over COVID. And I'm so excited to get a chance to have you on the show today and share a little bit about your journey through dentistry and the impact it's had on your life. So without any further ado, if you could just tell us how you got into dentistry and what you've done since you got out of dental school and where you are today. Well, MJ, I'm so excited. It's been so great to reconnect with you because this is so cool. I'm loving it. And it was just a couple of years ago we graduated. So that, yeah. <laughs> Neither one of us have changed a bit. No. <laughs> so starting at the beginning, I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do growing up. I always liked, you know, I was the one that put everything together. I didn't use the instructions. I was, you know, did, I love doing stuff with my hands. Um, and then, and I wanted something medical, but I didn't want like the life or death decisions all the time. So I just remember sitting in the car with, you know, my parents were driving and sitting with my brother and he was talking about, he's like, you should become an orthodontist. And I was like, oh, you know, like I never dentistry, like for some reason, I think, you know, maybe because they, I just pictured men in dentistry maybe. And I, you know, I yeah. didn't have any women dentists that I had gone to when I was little. So that just kind of led me on the path. And I, you know, went to dental school with you last year. Um, <laughs> That's right. And then I graduated and I worked for a while, you know, part-time. I was always, you know, after first I had, two kids, I was always part-time um, and never owned my own practice, which was fine, but I never kind of got in the groove and never, you know, I didn't work a lot of days. I, and my main focus was definitely my kids, um, which I'm glad because then I got to be really part of their growing up um, and everything. But I always kind of wanted, you know, my family's all, they're all accountants and lawyers and business people. And I kind of have that in my head. So I always wanted to organize things and to run something. Like I was, my dream was like, all right, I'm going to own a practice. I'm going to be like the managing partner and I'm going to make this the most efficient practice you've ever seen. But then I decided, you know what? I was getting headaches from doing dentistry all the time and I didn't really want to do it anymore. So I kind of went through a little bit of guilt though because of all the money that was spent for dental school and all the time and effort and I, I was like, huh, you know, like, am I wasting this? Like, what am I doing? But then I realized that what I could do. So probably about 
four years ago, I think, three or four years ago, I opened up my own company doing infection control and OSHA training and um, compliance. And, you know, it's been like a constant evolving, but I realized that being a dentist gives me the credibility when I go into an office. Surprisingly, I remember things, which is shocking, but it, it, it gives me the ability to relate to the doctors and to relate to the staff because I've been there and um, done that. But I gotta tell you, I, this is like my thing. Like I am so much happier doing this than I was being chairside. I wouldn't work that, so if I work one day a week, the day before I was working, I would like be panic stricken. And then I would go there and do what I needed to do. And then I'd have a headache for two days afterward, probably cause I was like so tight and, you know, leaning my head over. So um, I, that doesn't happen anymore. Like I'm actually really excited and I really wanna go you know, and learn the new guidelines and learn the new, you know, whatever is coming out and really try to help offices. So that's my long story short. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, you know, how did you get yourself on that trajectory? Like, so what was the investigative process like for you? You know, you just, you just don't wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'm just going to put a course together on infection control. And I know how much work it is because, you know, revamping my infection control processes at school and and making sure it's up to date every year is a lot of work yeah i mean once i decided i wanted to do this which was as i i said i was nervous you know i kind of stopped practicing where it was i sent letters to the patients that had been following me for years practice to practice or you know then i was committed and then i spent about a year just learning everything just going over every single like you should see what's in my other room there like the sorry environment the piles of paper that I went through I mean it I think it took me a year and I went through everything and then I started it honestly like this business started as I'm going to come in and I'm going to make your office efficient and then I realized nobody wants that right now so then it was like I'm going to come in and I'm going to help you figure out the CDC and OSHA guidelines and the board guidelines and make sure you're okay. And then people were saying they needed infection control and OSHA training. I'm like, I can do that, you know? And then, you know, oh, do you want me to make your plans and protocols for you? Do you not have time to do that? Yeah, I can do that. You know, like, so it just kind of evolved. And even someone, it's just so strange because I, in dental school, do you remember me in dental school? Like I was so quiet. Very quiet. I don't know. I just did not talk to anyone. I was so quiet. My mom tells a story of me, like we had a good family friend and I would walk to school and there were only two of us on the street and we would look at each other and I wouldn't say hi because I don't think he knew me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but apparently he did because he told my mom I was walking by. But I, it's just so interesting as far as like, this is my realm. And I, you know, like someplace called me, um, a dental hygiene association is like, you know, we want you to do infection control again, but can you do medical emergencies? And I was like, yeah, sure. So now I'm learning medical emergencies and I'm going to, you know, write a class about that. So I just, it, it's just a constant involving, you know, every day. And it just, it took a really long time and a lot of research. It wasn't, you know, I stopped working one day chair side and then I'm like, all right, here we go. Let me in. You know, it was a, definitely a lot of research. I have no doubt that there's so many women out there that are feeling the exact same way that they would like to be doing something else. And to me, it, it, the one thing that I have to commend you on is having the courage to just decide because that's the first step, right? His first step is having the courage to say, okay, I'm going to do this. And then you didn't have a plan. 
but you created the plan along the way. And I think that's also the second piece that's critically important to understand is that we don't always have to have a plan. We can just step aside and say, okay, I need to step back and I need to think about this and I need to figure out, okay, what really does make me happy? And if, if dentistry wasn't making you happy, it doesn't matter how much money you spent. You've got an education that can never go away. And that's the important piece, right? It doesn't matter that you're not doing it anymore. You, you still have the educational piece. It still is worthwhile. And you've actually figured out a way to make it work for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think if I didn't have this education, I, I would be, I mean, there's a lot of people that are in this space and a lot of them have spent years and they, they have so much information and education. And, but, you know, I feel like definitely having a clinical dental background is, is definitely an asset. So I'm, I'm glad that it, it took this step, but definitely, I mean, a big thing for people that, you know, are, are thinking or don't feel happy with what they're doing or uncomfortable. I mean, I, I did not have a plan, you know, I, I, it was a work in progress and it still is. I mean, I still, you know, I delivered like plans and protocols to someone like a couple months ago. And I was like, you know what? I'm just dropping these off. And now they're probably staying in the same place I put them, you know, forever. So now I was like, okay, so now I'm gonna go in your office and I'm gonna help you more hands-on because that seems to be what you need. And you know, now, all right, so you're not doing monthly safety meetings. All right, I'll do them for you. You know, like it's just, it's constant, you know, evolving, but I love it. And you know, I like the variety of it. Well, you know what else too, you can tell by your demeanor that you're much happier. So talk a little bit about the emotional turmoil that you were feeling before you made the decision and then how you felt afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, as I said, like I would completely stress out before I was going to work. I would completely get nervous. And I don't know if that was because I wasn't full-time. I mean, I, as I said, it was one day a week you know, for a long time, but it would give me, I would have such anxiety before. And then I would call the office, you know, I shouldn't even say this, but I would call the office and say, Hey, you know, what's my schedule the next day, hoping that they'd be like, Oh, everybody canceled, you know, like, which you know, like that's so bad. Like, why should I, you know, that's not the attitude you want. You know, you don't want your dentist coming in wishing that you had, you know, had car Yeah. <laughs> But afterwards, now you, you're like a happy person. You have no anxiety. Life is good. And you couldn't be happier about where you are. Yeah, it's very different. I mean, as I said before, like I was so quiet. But now I was like, like I gave a lecture at Yankee last year. I mean, if you had seen me in dental school or I had seen me in dental school and then I told myself that I was going to be giving a lecture at Yankee and feel like totally fine about it, I would have thought you were smoking something. You know, like... <laughs> Like, I seriously, I mean, I, yeah, I just don't care. Like, I am completely, I feel like I know what I know. I don't know what I don't know, but I'm not, a big thing is I'm not afraid to, like, tell you I don't know. You know, I feel like that's huge. Like, that's something that I, is, I feel like it's really important. And, and that's probably part of what dentists do that stressed me out. Like, if that crown didn't fit, like, I was working so hard to try to make that crown fit because I didn't want to tell you that you have to take the impression again. Yeah. And now I can say, you know what? I don't know. Or let me look that up for you and I will email you and send you the information. And I do always. And then I learn more stuff. There you go. There you go. So that's awesome. What is the single best piece of advice that you've gotten in your lifetime? And, you know, did you have any pushback from parents or spouse about your transition? 
I didn't have any family pushback. I was a little nervous about my parents because obviously they like, you know, had some financial support of school. They've been really supportive and like are really, you know, it's really cute. They're really proud of me now. And my husband too, like, and my family, like they've been great. I got to tell you, my son though was kind of like in the beginning, like, you know, all right, you can do this, but like, I don't know <laughs> if it's going to fly kind of thing. But now he's like, oh my gosh, you know, he's like taking a business class now. He's like, oh my gosh, like you have a single proprietorship or whatever it's called. And like, it's a success, you know, like proud yeah. of you. So yeah, I haven't, my family, I mean, I'm lucky because they, you know, were able to support me from that aspect. But it, I mean, I would say like, you know, the whole making mistakes things like, you know, I mean, that is just a big thing. Like, I think I didn't have the confidence before to admit when I didn't know. I know I just said this, but I think that that's huge. I think realizing that like you are not uh, the internet, you know, I don't know everything and I'm not going to say that I do, but I know how to find out the answers, you know, and I know how to, I, I think you just have to, you know, if you come in with confidence, if you have confidence and how that you can find things out, I think that it's easier to, you know, tell people that, you know, I'll research that or I'll figure that out for you and I'll let you know. Maybe that's the difference then, Lisa, because maybe the lack of confidence and the anxiety you were feeling is because you weren't sure what you were going to face the next day. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would totally like if someone came in like for an emergency, I'd be like, please, please be like endo. And I could just refer you. I mean, this is so bad. That's not what I want, <laughs> you know, but I just did. You're right. I mean, I was not worthy enough to have the confidence of what I was doing. And you know, it's definitely different now. But again, I mean, I, I feel like confidence wise, like once I had kids too, and you have to stand up for your kids, you know, and no matter what, um, I think that's sort of where my confidence kind of gained. And so that I was able to translate to this a little bit. Now, how old are your kids now? 19 and 17. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I know. So going back to the question, what's the single best piece of advice you've ever gotten and from home? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know. My mom is just such, she's such a role model and such an inspiration. And she, you know, I talked to her about it and, you know, she, this whole thing. And she was just like, you got to do what makes you happy. You have to do what's good for you. And like, there's no reason to be stuck in something just because you, you know, you think you have to kind of thing. And so, you know, she was super supportive of me doing this. And, and as I said, you know, I mean, they financially helped me through dental school. So they were kind of the ones I was most nervous about, you know, sharing this information with. But I, I think that, you know, her saying, you know, go follow your dreams, you know, which is not what she said, but that kind of thing, you know, it's like, you gotta, there's no reason to be stuck in something that's stressing you out. You know, it's funny because we have all that fear that we, we create in our head and, you know, we get concerned about having those, con those difficult conversations when in fact, and I'll just share a conversation that I had. I, I was sharing with you that I didn't tell anybody that I was applying to dental school. And so I had just told my husband at the time, not too long before then. And it was Thanksgiving and thanks the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I got my acceptance to Tufts. And so at Thanksgiving dinner, I, I, I made the announcement after we had finished dinner before dessert that I had something to tell everybody. And I was really worried about my dad because, you know, my daughter was only five at the time. And, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so, you know, he very traditional type of mentality. And, you know, when I blurted out, I'm going to dental school, I, I finally applied and I got accepted. My father's like, well, it's about time, Mary Jane. 
you've been talking about it since you were a kid. And I, I was floored. I said to him, dad, I said, you were the one I was worried about the most. He said, why would I be upset? He said, you've been talking about this since you were a little kid. And it's good for you that you finally gotten there. And, you know, I, I think we fabricate all of that up here. And that's, I think that's the message I want to get across is that, you know, it's never as bad as we make it out to be. Never. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You would like imagine all these different scenarios of how people are going to react. And I mean, honestly, like most people just kind of want the best for you, you know, want what you want. And if you have been dreaming about dental school since you were little, you know, I, yeah, that's so nice. That's a nice story. Yeah. Just, it just goes to prove that we should not worry about what anybody is thinking because it's never as bad as we make it out to be. Tell us one thing that people would be surprised to know about you. So pre-COVID, I think I just yelled that, sorry. Pre-COVID, um, okay. <laughs> I was a stage manager for community theater. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. It's so cool. So I started, my kids are really into theater and I helped out once like sort of emergency. And then since then, so for the past probably I don't know, five years, six years, I've been doing um, stage managing for theaters. And it is, I got to tell you, it like incorporates all of this because all you do is like organize, make lists, tell people where to go when and everything. It's, it's really fun. Maybe one day I'll be able to do it again. <laughs> that is awesome. So what community theaters do you do? So I've done a lot with the Dover Foundation in um, Dover, Mass. Yep. They um, donate money to like, they give scholarships to seniors in Dover, Sherborne. But then I did, my temple has done a few different theater things. So I've done some work with them. Oh, very cool. Um, I like it when it's like a real nice stage and we can do pull the curtains and all the, you know, <laughs> all the back. It's really fun. Yeah. And then we build sets. It's real. Like it takes all of my tools that I like to use, you know, and like, you know, we get to create stuff. It's kind of cool. My uh, grandson's favorite movie is Sing. So thinking about building that set and what he does, I mean, it's kind of a cool thing. Kind of, you know, reminds me of that. Very cool. Yeah. It's really, it's amazing what goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and our interests are so varied outside of dentistry, aren't they? I mean, every one of us is so different and the things that we like to do from, you know, cooking to exercise to, you know, I know Joy is an avid, goes to spin class. I, I used to go to spin with her all the time as well. And, you know, Ivan, I didn't know that he had a, um, you know, a brick oven right in his kitchen. I mean, how cool is that? You know, so I didn't know he was so, so big into cooking. So yeah, I mean, outside of dentistry, I think we have so many really cool interests that we can get involved with that kind of give us a little bit what of- What do you like to do? Photography is my love. Oh, nice. That's relaxing, seems like. Yeah, it is. I, I haven't done it nearly as much as I would like to um, the last few years, but yeah, it's something that's on my list. I actually um, uh, have a, a printer that is half the size of my room in here. Um, it's huge. Um, and, and I bought it for my retirement job, which is what I hope to do is do some more, more professional photography and, you know, sell it. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's still sitting there. We'll see. That's really cool. Yeah. So when you reflect back as a child, do you think that you had a lot of confidence or was your confidence waning? Like, you know, each one of us grows up so differently. And I, I think that even 
as we mature, we're always gaining confidence, but I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, I don't think I did. I was, I was very nervous, a very nervous kid. I mean, even throughout dental school, I was just always sort of worried about stuff. I don't know what I was worried about, but um, yeah, I had a lot of anxiety. So I don't think I was, and it had nothing to do with my family or the pressures they put on me or anything. Like it's not, it's just was so innate. So I, I definitely like all through my, I, I feel like I'm a different person, you know, all through my schooling years, um, I had no confidence at all. But yet you did really well academically, right? Yeah, I did what I needed to do. I mean, I was able to do, you know, it's like the anxiety wasn't focused on sort of the work. I think it was more, it's not social anxiety, but like sort of more of, um, like I was always afraid that I wasn't going to feel well somewhere. I have to do something and I wasn't going to be able to do it because I wasn't going to feel well. Like that was sort of the anxiety. It definitely had, I mean, I'm very big on like mental health now and all that kind of stuff. And I definitely had some significant uh, anxiety that probably I should have addressed, but I was able to persevere somehow, which I, I know that a lot of people with anxiety are not. Um, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to do that, but I, you know, it definitely, as I said, like with kids, my confidence and my, you know, that kind of all kind of started to lessen, you know, once I realized sort of like, I have to take care of these people. (laughs) (laughs) They don't come with directions, you know? No, and they don't, they're not self-sufficient, which was really surprising. So yeah. And then you have to pay for them. Like, again, like, I mean, you're their voice, you know, you have, someone does them wrong. You got to Get in there. That person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you have a personal motto or mantra that you live by every day? I got to tell you that my daughter's mantra, I'm going to steal. There you go. Because hers mantra is everything happens for a reason. And I kind of feel like that. I feel like, you know what? You do what you do. If like you get rejected somewhere, if like you go to dental school, for example, and spend all that time and work in dentistry, and then you decide that you don't want to like, it's okay. And it, and it kind of works out. Like I do kind of feel like, you know, it, it's part of, I, I needed to have that experience and I needed to go through working for so long. You know, I worked for 20 years. I needed to work for that long, but that gave me the ability to do what I'm doing now. So I do think that it all happens for a reason. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that every single thing, and when one door closes, the next one that opens is 10 times better. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. When one door closes, the next one that opens is 10 times better. Yeah. I always think of like house hunting, like our first house that we like so badly wanted. And then, you know, the inspection and it had termites and we were like, oh my God, you know, and we didn't have that. So we couldn't get the house. And then it turns out that we got a house that was so much better, you know, in a better neighborhood the next time. So it, I just feel like it all kind of evens out. I agree. I agree. So one piece of advice that you'd share with a young woman that wants to start dental school, what would it be? I just feel like own it. I mean, you know, I mean, be who you are and don't, you know, do, do what makes you happy and do, you know, I, I noticed though, I've been, there's a lot of women that I've been working with that own practices now, for some reason that that seems to be like, I work with, I don't know if I work with more women, but you know, confidence, like, I think that the more confidence that you have and the more, you know, whether that's like, maybe that's doing a residency to get more confidence in your skills, or maybe that's doing some kind of I hate to say this is so cliche, like public speaking or something, like try to get confident because once you're confident, your staff or your, you know, if you're not owning your, your assistant or whoever's working with you is really going to respect you and really, you know, listen to you and appreciate what you say. 
I think that that's really important. I think that, you know, being a woman, I think that you have to just kind of, you know, you can be super nice and you can be compassionate and you can be really helpful, but I think that you also have to be really confident. I also think that the opposite is true also, that when you are not, your staff can walk all over you and abuse you to no end. No, I agree. And I've seen both. Mm. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've seen it happen. Yeah. No, I just say I feel for that situation. I mean, because nobody, you know, it's hard to, you can't just go to the store and buy confidence, but you, it takes, obviously it takes time, but I think that do whatever you can, like whether it's continuing ed stuff, like I know it's hard to do like hands-on continuing ed stuff now, but like even like, you know, someone was telling me to talk to like a business coach and like just do things to make yourself like own your thoughts and your ideas and then just project them as that's how it is. I, I think that that's really important for a woman, especially a young woman um, graduating from school. I agree. I agree. When you look back on, on, you know, day one of practicing, know what you know now, what advice would you give to, you know, a, a woman, let's say just starting out? I think I would just say, just calm down. <laughs> you know, I think I was nervous and worried. I'd be like, take a step back. You know, I think I would ask for help. Like, I don't, I think I would try to find someone who was a good mentor, who has, who was not belittling, but not, you know, really kind and like really wants to help you. Like I would try to get into a practice that was someone that wants to be a teacher. And I would ask them a hundred times a day and find out how to do things because it's definitely different in the real world versus in school. And I would say that like, I probably would never have the problems of trying to like squeeze crowns and to try to fit people, you know, if I had someone, you know, say to me, listen, you know, they don't fit sometimes. Like, it's not your fault, <laughs> you know? This is what you say to parents and this is how you say it. So it's not, so it doesn't sound like it's your fault. Even if it might be your fault. You know, maybe you took a bad impression, but like say that, you know, say it this way. So I, I do think that asking for help and, and finding someone who's a very good mentor, I think is really important. And I wish I had realized that. I think that um, behavioral questioning is a critically important part of the curriculum that I know that Tufts is starting to incorporate that into the curriculum, but I do think that it's a critically important piece that we did not ever get, just like the business principles. You and I both know that we didn't get any business um, acumen when we were there. You know, my biggest thing, you know, even reflecting back, I remember, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to start a practice right in my own hometown, right down the street, because I wanted my kid to be able to come over after school. Well, I didn't do a market analysis. I didn't realize there was 45 other general dentists in the town that I was in. I mean, duh, you start a practice from scratch. How long is it going to take you to take off? I mean, fortunately, I was, I was fairly well known because of my daughter's sports and all that kind of stuff. But it's a struggle. It's, it's a real struggle if you don't have that business acumen and guidance. And I, I wholeheartedly believe everybody deserves, everybody should have a coach all through their life. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, you should have a coach. Yeah. And I think the business thing is so important. I mean, I know so many people who may be amazing clinically, but don't have business sense or vice versa. Like, I think that if you don't have something, you just got to admit it. And you got to know that, you know what? I'm not so good at this or I'm not good at QuickBooks. So I'm going to have someone else do that. You know, I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely in my all female company, there's three of us, all women, we're going to grow and it's going to be all women. 
Um, <laughs> no, and like, I mean, I, I think like we each do what we're good at doing, right? And I mean, I think that, you know, that's okay. But I think that also too, what I, another thing that I was thinking about school, cause someone had asked me this for an, an interview was that I didn't even learn. Do you remember learning in school that there were even laws and regulations? I don't remember. I don't remember, like I was, I, I knew that there were all these guidelines, but I don't think, I don't remember ever learning that you had to follow them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that, like that sounds so bad. <laughs> But I don't, like, I wish that we had had that too. Like, there's so many things out there that may not be related to clinically how you're treating a patient, but you have to follow. I, I didn't know that. So I think that in a business class would have been. Well, the compliance and regulations that we have to do now, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we tell the students, we tell the faculty, you've got to do X, Y, and Z, right? And here's why. But sometimes it's followed, sometimes it's not, because if they don't think it's important and perception is everything, right? If they don't think it's important, they're not going to follow it. So I guess that, you know, from a compliance standpoint, yes, we should go through these rules and regulations. They should be very well aware because we know, you and I both know what it's like if you're not following those infection control rules and regulations from your perspective, they're ending up at the board of registration in front of the, the committee. And so do I, because, you know, from my position at Tufts, you know, I'm over there with, with, you know, cases of complaints from, you know, patients over students all the time, because it, that's just- Oh, you must have that, yeah. Yeah, that's just what happens. So, you know, I, I think you're right. I think I know it better and more hands-on now than I ever did before. But it's because of my experiences with that. And I, you're right. I don't think that we got very much attention. We, we paid very much attention to that in dental school. Yeah, I know. I just was thinking about that. Very good. Well, I have loved having our conversation today, Lisa. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know there was a little bit of vulnerability there about change. And I, I'm so excited that you have found something that makes you so happy because you know, a lifetime of, of spending, you know, every week having anxiety over something that you really don't want to do. Oh my gosh, that's way too long, you know? So thank you for helping the audience, really. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that um, I was able to do this. I really appreciate it. It's so nice seeing you again. It's so great to see you as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ Hanlon. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode as we bring you another amazing woman leading the way for the next generation.